Louise Bedford here. Just before we kick off with today's show, I wanted to let you know that for one week only, you can get up to 84% off a selection of my most popular trading education products available through tradinggame.com.au. Make no mistake. Your financial future is in your hands. So check out the audios, videos, and study courses that I have available at tradinggame.com.au. Now's your chance to develop your skills as a trader for up to 84% off, but only for the next week. Let's get on with the show. Hi, it's Caroline Stephen. Welcome to this week's episode of Talking Trading. Our guest today is Jordan Michaelides. Jordan is the head of institutional at Coinjar and the host of the Uncommon podcast. Jordan's a millennial who's had years of experience in institutional trading. And today on the show, we talk about what Jordan's trading mentors taught him. We look at transitions in life and how this applies to people who might be thinking about becoming full-time traders. And then Jordan opens up most honestly and wonderfully about past issues of anxiety that he suffered from and how he has overcome them. And as Jordan was so open in expressing these past issues, today in Mind Power, Louise Bedford talks about looking after your body and basically being a good animal so that you don't experience the rule of halt. Let's hear Louise now, and then we'll hear Jordan Michaelides. I want you to consider halt. It's something that we can borrow from Alcoholics Anonymous. H-A-L-T. So careful about trading when you are hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Now, what has happened with this is when we become excited or when we become depressed, it distorts the way we evaluate probability. It changes our views towards risk. It can also rewrite the past one way or another. We think we've been more successful than we have been or more of an abject failure than we have been. So when you are experiencing those extremes, if you're hungry or angry or lonely or tired or maybe a combination of all four, you are not being objective. You are not evaluating the risk the way that you should, the way a trader should. So be aware of those triggers, those personal internal triggers. Do everything that you can to be a good animal. Get adequate sleep. Watch your nutrition, watch your exercise, careful about who is around you to support you. And all of that will mean that you're more likely to live the trader's life. Are you on priority notification for our very next mentor program? You see, we're opening for bookings really soon. And for everybody registered on tradinggame.com.au forward slash priority, everybody in that group is going to get a whole heap of free trading resources. Plus, you'll get the heads up when we open for bookings for our 20th year 
of running the Trading Game Mentor Program. The Trading Game Mentor Program is a six-month repeat-for-free course. We want you to become a superb trader and we're going to give you the education, the strategies and the tactics that you need. Register now on tradinggame.com.au forward slash priority. Jordan Michaelides, the head of institution at Coinjar and also host of Uncommon Podcast. Hello and welcome to Talking Trading. Hey, how's it going? Jordan, it's so good to have a fellow podcaster on the show. It makes my blood run faster. <laughs> Speaking of blood, we share some Greek blood. You're Greek Cypriot. Can you uh-huh. explain your surname to us? So, um, Michaelides is the last name. And as I was saying earlier when we were setting up, Edes just means son of. And a lot of people in Cyprus <clears throat> have this name. And so what would often happen is the, the, you know, the, the male in the family would add on or append his first name to it. So my grandfather's name was Michael Michaelides. His father was Chris Christophides. You can imagine what it's like when you want to find out ancestry details. Um, <laughs> it's just an absolute, it's an absolute mess, um, let alone the fact that it's in Greece, which is not a very... Um, you know, it's not like Germany where everything's very organized and whatnot. It's like all the data is kept at the local church. And if the church burned down, it's sort of like, eh, tough luck. <laughs> you have to bribe the Greek priest to get anything going. Exactly. Exactly right. <laughs> Listen, let's get our listeners to know more about you. Tell us briefly about Coinjar and your Uncommon podcast. So Coinjar, uh, look, Coinjar has been around for, God, what year is it now? 2019. So they've been around since about 2013, about six years. Probably the first venture capital funded crypto business in Asia Pacific, definitely in Australia. Okay. So, so can we just maybe take a step back just for our listeners? They might want to know exactly what the world of fintech is. It's a very mm. broad term. Can you explain it in layman terms for us? It's it's such a broad area. The way that I'd ex- explain it is essentially taking the digital space to financial services. So the most widely known would be, at least here in Australia, we've got Raise, which is sort of your classic roundup service. So you might have a bank account. If you spend $10.50, it rounds it up to $11 and it saves that 50 cents on your behalf and then it invests that 50 cents. I want to change tack a bit now, Jordan, and I want to talk about the power of having mentors on your trading. Now, I don't know your specific trading history, and if you wanted to mention it, that would be interesting. And I'm going to ask you about the power of having a mentor in your trading career. Recently, Chris Tate and Louise Bedford just toured around Australia for their one-day retire early seminar, and sitting in the room full of mentorees, hanging on every single word that Chris and Louise say, the compass of a mentor is so important in the markets. What's been your experience? Well, my experience in the markets is mainly on the institutional side. So I've always been a hobby trader myself. Um, I've always traded um, in the market. Uh, initially, it was in FX and oil futures, and that's sort of how I got my space at a business called Go Markets. And I'd say that my total experience on the institutional side is five to six years, and you probably add on another two to three uh, of personal trading. So that's really where my experience lies. And, and working on the institutional side, I've been able to see 
I mean, I had mentors just working in the business and that was invaluable. I think mentors are probably probably the greatest thing that any one individual can do to improve their life. I mean, and you don't have, they don't have to be mentors that you go up to and say, hey, I want you to be my mentor because as soon as you do that, you're applying pressure on that individual. It could be someone that you're paying for from a course or learning from them. It could be someone who's dead. You know, you could be reading a book about Benjamin Franklin um, and there are innumerable lessons that you can learn through them having lived their life already and having gone through their life and seeing the things that stand out. And I think biographies are one of the most brilliant ways to learn from mentors and one of my favorite ways to learn in particular. What did your trading mentors teach you? Um, well, I think the obvious thing working on the institutional side is uh, you are your own worst enemy and all you should really know is that you know nothing. Um, and so, and so risk management, um, is the ultimate way and the number one thing that you can do to manage your own cognitive biases. Um, I think it's, it's, it's Warren Buffett who's got the quote that rule number one is don't lose money. Rule number two is see rule number one. Um, you just don't want to lose your money or your capital at all. The time it takes to win that money back is, uh, daunting. And so I really learned that watching people trade. I mean, you know, working on the institutional side, you see thousands of people trading on a daily basis. And the winners, it was quite clear and quite obvious who they were. They were the ones who, st- who stopped losing capital and managed their risk. How many mentors did you have trading? Um, Trading-wise, the, the big one for me was Chris Gore. He was the, He's now the CEO of Go Markets. Um, he taught me a lot, everything from commentary to managing liquidity to trading and managing risk on my own. Um, he was he was a very, very big mentor um, along the way. And I think just watching other people like Warren Buffett has been a big one for me. I've always been a sort of value investor. And I've, I feel like I've consumed absolutely everything that Warren Buffett has either written, read, or commented on you could you could possibly have seen um yeah i'm a value investor through and through and i think everyone that sort of sits within that the community whether it's the kyle basses of the world or charlie munger you know i've read the charlie munger's poor charlie almanac which is super hard to get a hold of and they're about 200 dollars a pop if you want to buy them in australia so yeah i've just consumed absolutely everything from people that i admire um in that space i'd say being a tribe of traders is really important to us and the sharing and connecting that comes from talking to another share trader. You can't talk about share trading to someone who doesn't share trade. How do you find the value of connection with other share traders? Um, it's very valuable. I have a very select few people that I speak to about investments and they're always hypercritical of what I do. Um, they're, they're often, as in they're often people that um, have opposing views to me. So, um, and that's what I like because I like to be challenged um, about what I believe because the greatest issue, as I said, is your cognitive biases. So oftentimes I'm looking at investment and uh, now as a value investor, I really don't look at something on an intraday basis. I look at it on a on a multiple year basis. Um, so I'm, you know, I've, I've often been thinking about this investment for the last month or so, I've done all the numbers. I've been looking at it for a very long time, and that's when 
I start speaking to these people and they start picking apart my entire thesis. And I think if you can build a thesis on something, you can build more conviction, um, particularly when you have people challenge and poke holes in it. Many traders, including my boyfriend, suffer from anxiety. And I believe it's something that you might have overcome yourself. Can we talk about it and some of the methods that you might have used to overcome yeah. it? So oh, anxiety is uh, an interesting one. Um, the, the thing that I learned from having anxiety is that life is a single-player game, um, and it's entirely up to the individual as to how they interpret it. No one else can see what you're seeing at all, and anxiety is a major part of that. I think the vast majority of people who have anxiety issues are really talking about lifestyle issues. Like that could be diet, it could be your um, regime, what are you doing in the morning, what are you doing at night, how long are you on your phone, um, you know, are you going for a run, you're doing some weights, are you eating right, those sorts of things are, I reckon, 80% of it. I think once you go from there and you still have anxiety, which was my case, you really need to look at counselling and I think that counselling is very good because it builds up this, a lot of the time counsellors talk about mindfulness, um, which is sort of a very... Um, what's the word? Like you, you, you become able to absorb most things as part of this this mindset change and learning about CBT and mindfulness. And I think that's a big thing as well. Uh, reading a lot, you know, if you realize you have an anxiety issue, is just delve deep into it and work out what is the actual problem as opposed to ignoring it. And then in my case, because unfortunately mine got so bad over the years, I think I had. I really, I feel like I had anxiety for about six years and it built up. It And, I, and what we realized with the counselor, I'd, I'd done like 20 sessions and I realized that what I actually have is a panic disorder. Um, and it's connected to things that I've already worked out. I realized I don't really care. They're not a big issue, but my brain has built this connection so strong that there is nothing that's going to overcome that but SSRIs. And that is really your last that's you know a lot of people go to GPs and that's the first thing they get given to them sort of anti-anxiety medication but for me that was the last thing and I, I, I for two years I debated whether I I use it and I'm so glad I did because for someone like myself it it was invaluable um, and what it makes you realize is that yeah anxiety and panic disorders and all that sort of stuff is really just the development of terrible, terrible habits. So you should always watch your habits um, over your life and, and see what you're p possibly developing as a bad habit. And what are your habits like now? How's your life improved? Dramatically. I mean, the biggest thing for me was uh, my thing was very specific because when I was a kid, I saw my dad and he was eating a piece of octopus as all good Greek men do. And I thought that he was choking on a piece of octopus, but really, apparently, he got a little bit of food stuck in his throat, right? Not not like he couldn't breathe or anything, but as a kid, I connected that to him choking. And then later on in life, when I got anxiety, my whole thing was I, I had a dry mouth. That's one of the key symptoms of anxiety. And uh, yeah, I just basically connected this thing to being paranoid about swallowing certain types of food and it became like a phobia and so the biggest thing for me that I noticed was how ridiculous it was um, and how ridiculous anxiety can make the simplest of things be um, and that's all that anxiety is the development of uh, terrible habits and beliefs and so 
the medication made me realize that it's actually really easy to delve away from this stuff once you get some perspective. And I think doing all those things from lifestyle changes to counseling to to books and then eventually medication if you really need it is the only way to come out of anxiety, I'd say. I'd like to talk about dealing with transitions and going from one role to another. And I know you relate to this, Jordan. How does this impact people when they want to become full-time traders? It's tough. I mean, I I still try to work it out to this day. I feel like I've just worked it out having gone from being in the finance space to really running a media business. Um, And I'm still in the last legs of transitioning out of finance simply because I, I still love it. Um, and really, a lot of the work that we do is in the finance and business space. But um, I, my opinion is that you just got to keep slogging along, uh, whether it's trading part time and working um, as well. You whittle down those hours as much as you can until it just becomes absolutely painful, and until one of those has to give, and then you move towards the one that you want to do the most, which is in this case, trading. Um, I think that's the only way to transition from one role to another, unless, of course, you're just changing jobs and, you know, you can jump from one job to another quite easily. But I think in this case, that's what we're talking about. And it's, it's, it is hard to do. There's no right way to go about it, I don't think. Three trading success tips. Um, three trading success tips. Number one would be don't lose your money. So, therefore, number two, risk management is key. And number three, I'd say seek alternative opinions. Um, Seek people who will challenge your own ideas about what you believe because all you need to realize is that you're full of cognitive biases and you think you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. So, Jordan, Michaelides, let's flip this around. Give me a few questions. Okay. So... What is uh, your best purchase under $200? That's so easy. My yoga mat. I take <laughs> yeah. it everywhere. I used it this morning. My best friend. Where did you buy it from? Did you get it from like Amazon or Target or where? where's your go-to or like a yoga? Even store? better. Even better. I bought it from my yoga teacher who's so authentic. She goes to India every year and gets up at 5 a.m. to do yoga every morning. I love her. Wow. Wow. Uh, what is important truth about what what seems obvious to you but not to others so what's what's an important truth about life easy be kind be wisely selfish as the dalai lama would say because what comes around goes around if you have to be selfish be wisely selfish and help other people okay i like that one <laughs> favorite uh music Easy answer. Being Greek, you will relate to this, Jordan. I'm sure I just got back from Greece, the Peloponnese, where my brother got married, the Mani Peninsula. Have you heard of it? No, no, I haven't. Because oh. my family's from Cyprus, so I, I've, I've actually never been to Greece. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, I am in love with this whole European beat vibe and the whole chill music scene. I love that. Yeah, that's very, <laughs> very common amongst the Greek Isles and the coast. Stunning. Um, Favorite documentaries? Easy, because I just got back from the Churchill War Rooms. So my favorite documentary right now is the Battle of Britain. Mm. He's a, he was a fantastic man, uh, Churchill. Very good biography, but the, by the current PM, Mr. Boris Johnson. Uh, very well well written, I'd say. If you want to get a feel of Boris Johnson, read his Churchill biography. It's very good. 
So I, I quite liked it. Um, all right, favourite books? Well, so funny you say that because I'm reading a Churchill biography right now and it's my favourite this okay. year. That's so funny. So Boris Johnson is next on the list. Favourite movies? Favourite movies, I think the Churchill movie, Dark Hour. Yeah, that was mm. a good one. Quite like that. <laughs> They're my rapid-fire questions. Can I turn them back on you? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay, favourite books? Favourite books. Um, I'd say the most two most impactful books for me have been Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari, and that just talks about humans as a species and, and how long we've existed in the world um, and what we've done. I think it's, it just gives you a lot of perspective. The last then, person who talked about this book, Sapiens, was the market wizard Tony Sleeber. Really? Yes. It's a fantastic book, um, as well as the biography on Benjamin Franklin. I think being in the media space, this guy was the original... He was the original propagandist. He was the original communicator, the ad man. He was everything. He owned, he essentially had the rights to the mailing system in America and owned, and also owned two major papers. And not many people realize he created the lightning rod. Best purchase under 200 bucks. Um, God, I was thinking about this the other night. It's really hard. I want to say AirPods because they're amazing purchase i could say any book but i've got to say uh taking my partner out for a 30 dollar date in the city uh when i was 18 we've now been together for 11 years we're business partners probably one of the best uh purchases i ever made undoubtedly (laughs) important truth about life um I'd say that life is a single-player game and that smart persistence is key to a fruitful life. You can be as talented as you want, uh, but it won't get you anywhere unless you're committed and persistent. Just like in the markets. Exactly right. Jordan, is there any last words you'd like to give our listeners? Look, um, if if they like this interview, go check it. I'm sure they'll enjoy our own podcast, Uncommon. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, uncommon underscore podcast. Ask us questions, be curious, and thanks for listening. Jordan, it was really fun talking to you. Thanks for your time. Thanks so much. And guys, that's it for this week's show. Stay tuned for next week as we hear from Jeremy Newsom from Real Life Trading on how money does grow on trees. Louise and I like to call Jeremy the bomb because he's so energetic. You'll love him. Stay tuned for next week. Take care. As always, if you like this show, please be sure to tell a friend. This is super important because word of mouth is the most powerful way that people can get in touch with us. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcast and make sure you give us a big fat five-star review because it helps people find us. You'll also notice that Talking Trading doesn't use sponsors and barely advertisers. This is because Chris Tate and Louise Bedford fund this show from tradinggame.com.au. If you'd like to get Louise's five-part free e-course, register at tradinggame.com.au. So until next week, happy trading. The views represented on Talking Trading are generally nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regards to your own situation.